When it comes to Gophers coach Ben Johnson, there is a case for patience, but how much should be given? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we are talking some Gophers hoops. And you know what? I feel like that is a very controversial, like you're either all in or all out on what has been happening with the Minnesota program. But we're going to try to toe the line here. We're going to try to see the positives, but also see the criticisms and what needs to change. So definitely tap in. Be sure to subscribe over on YouTube and join the community. Jump in in the comments. Let me know what you think needs to change in order for the Gophers to find success on the basketball side of things with men's hoops. Because the girls team, the women's team, looks like it is on the right trajectory. The football team looks like it has been on a solid trajectory for years now. The hockey teams are both thriving and surviving. The volleyball team is bouncing and they are absolutely killing the balls. They are staying in the best in the country over and over year after year. You can go on and on. Gymnastics, softball, wrestling. The Gophers are consistently in the conversation, but men's hoops is just not on point right now. So how do we get it back there? What are the changes that need to happen? Well, let's talk about the importance of coaching, especially at the collegiate hoops level. Now, for me, college hoops in general and coaching in college basketball is everything. It's so much more important than probably most sports out there, especially professional sports. But in general, college basketball, you're seeing a lot of the very good coaches be with programs for a very long time. And not only that, but winning at pretty consistent levels, not just like, okay, we had two good years and then we fell off a ton. No, your Tony Bennett's are consistently in the conversation in the ACC. Mike Krzyzewski, we saw him absolutely dominate. Bill Self has got to multiple titles. Coach Calipari has been balling out. Even some of the coaches that maybe are newer to their spots, you've seen quick success or you've seen consistent success. Maybe not quick all the time. Maybe it takes two to three years to really get vibing. And that makes a little bit of sense, understanding that the coaches need time to get the right players into the program in order to get their system flowing and get full buy-in and things like that. And I kind of understand that bit because it's not like football where you can just you know, plug and play to the talent around you. You can try that with basketball, but in basketball, typically you have a a culture, a, a standard of play as well as off the court. But the of play part is huge because most coaches have very specific things that they are trying to hone in on to find success, whether that be in the conference that they're playing in, whether that be in college hoops at large, but they have a, a foundation, a home base of sorts. So coaching is everything. And in the sport of basketball, it's very important from the not only college standpoint, 
standpoint, but also in the pros as well. I feel like coaching in the NBA is much more important than maybe coaching in the NFL, maybe coaching in the NHL. Now, I could be wrong there. I could be just an opinion from me, but I do believe coaching in basketball takes on a little bit more importance, having shorter rosters, having more bang, bang action and not play stoppage all the time or not. And I get hockey doesn't have that either, but you get where I'm going with this one. Now, just because you have a good coach or an experienced coach doesn't mean that you are the right fit for a team or program. Now, you, you've you seen this at the collegiate football level coming from the pros, maybe with, you say, a Saban who didn't really have success in the NFL, but then all of a sudden absolutely dominates in the college game. We've seen examples of that in the pros. We've seen examples of that from school to school. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. I mean, I can think of or sometimes you're a really good coach, but it just doesn't last long term or there's an opportunity to move on or there's a reason for moving on. I look at Buzz Williams in that sense. He's been a great coach over at uh, Marquette. He also had another really good stop somewhere else. And now he is with Arkansas and having a very good first year and or not Arkansas, my bad, switch that up, Texas A&M. Either way, SEC, you get where I'm going. He had a very good year, was the SEC coach of the year, I believe. and is looking to continue to build and grow with that program. So sometimes it's not always the perfect fit in your first stop or in whatever spot you're in. Maybe your style of play doesn't work for a program. And that is what is still being felt out here in Minnesota. Is this the right fit? Is it going to work? But we have to give the time for him to build the right roster. Now we're heading into year three and you've got to see some changes. This is the year of importance. If we can't see some progression, some trajectory in the right direction, then a lot of questions are going to be asked in this season. Now, like I said, sometimes you're not the right coach for a program. Maybe it's a better fit somewhere else. We'll still find out with those. But coaching the low majors to the high majors doesn't always work out. Coaching in your first program head coaching position doesn't always work out, doesn't always translate. But the flip side of going from high majors to low majors sometimes is the exact right thing to get a coach to see things differently. The game is a bit slower, not too much slower. I'm not trying to say that because low major schools take down high major schools all the time. I'll point you to the NCAA tournament for that one. But what I'm saying is it allows you to see things differently and maybe see different adjustments that could be made that could have carried over at the high major level that you just didn't see at that point in time. So maybe there is an opportunity, maybe now isn't the right time, or maybe it is, and we just need the patience with Coach Ben Johnson. Now, sometimes the potential is there, and it flashes. The flashes are there, but it doesn't always work out for the longevity for over the course of the multiple years. And that's the point where I'm like, maybe it isn't the right time for you to be at the top of the mantle. There's still much to learn. I look at my Celtics, Coach Missoula, who didn't really have the adjustments to make in the NBA playoffs. Now, were some adjustments made? Absolutely. But when we're talking about a team starting 0-12 in the finals or in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7, there never should have been a point where they had the opportunity to get 0-12. Because by the time your hot shooting team hits 0-6, 0-6 from 3, 
you need to call a time out. You need to get them refreshed, get them an idea of, look, we can't keep going to the three ball right now. It's not falling. Let's get to the line. See the shots drop. Get a couple easy layups. The focus needs to be on seeing the ball go through the net to build the confidence back up before we start taking the threes that are our game. You got to start making those type of shifts in order to get your team back on track and get them out of a slump. Because yes, you want the dog mentality from your players. You want the grit, the grind, the desire. But sometimes we're mental human beings. Sometimes we have mental mistakes. We have lapses. We have things that just are blocking us. So to remove one of those blocks and help the players get to that confidence, that mental stage of, I can get through this. I am going to get through this. I know I can do this. That takes a shift. Maybe we have to shift our approach to see something going. Maybe you have to change our mindset of focusing on offense and shifting to defensive focuses. That is the differences I'm talking about. And that comes with experience in a lot of these coaches' uh, situations. Another example in the NBA was Coach Ryan Saunders of the Minnesota Timberwolves, a little bit here at home. Now, there were flashes where you're like, man, this kid could be brilliant. And I know some people would be like, well, it's just because his dad was so big here. That's why he got the opportunity. No, there were flashes. There were moments. You can get the ideas of, oh, there's potential here, but it didn't work out. The first stop wasn't there. He wasn't quite ready. But now he's a great assistant coach over with Denver and give him four years Give him four years, and I bet you his name will start to enter some of these conversations again. And he'll have a whole lot of experience to draw from, having played or coached in the finals right now, having coached around a Jokic, having coached around a Jamal Murray, around role players finding their elements in a Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. That is what I'm saying is that different experience that you get to have in your belt Moving forward is everything. And so right now you look at the coaching landscape and you talk about Ben has a reputation of being a good recruiter or a good relationship builder with prospects. That is something that is very valuable. And yes, Dennis Evans might not have worked out the way we wanted it to, but also hello NIL. I mean, it was hard to control that type of situation when somebody can throw a bag at a student like that. So Overall, it was still apparent that we were in the race with Dennis Evans. He had literally signed on the dotted line to come to Minnesota because he believed in what Coach Ben Johnson was saying. And that was through a losing season. And that was through some trials and tribulations. But that connection in the building relationship there, you hear it across his entire program. You hear the buy-in. You hear the kids excited to be a part of this thing. But the X's and the O's and the W's haven't consistently been there. That's still somewhat up in the air. And that is the biggest challenge right now. Now, that's not to say there haven't been moments of brilliance because you talk about a Michigan upset, a Rutgers upset with a buzzer beater, nearly taking down IU in basically with basically six players on your roster of health. And long term, we still need to see more. Now, all of this being said, I believe Ben Johnson has the blueprint, but is he set up for success? That is a major question. We're going to talk about the positive side and see and the things still holding back. That's what's coming up next. 
first, we gotta talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. Now, you need to head on over to FanDuel ASAP and go lock in their new customer deal where you can get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 in a no sweat first bet. That means if you place a bet and you win, good on you, you got the dub. If you don't, you can get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. Now, when I'm over at FanDuel, I'm looking at the NCAA futures right now. Last year, your boy made a huge call when Caleb was the fourth best odds at the Heisman. And I was like, look, these are the odds I would be slamming in. Look, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one because that is absolutely what happened. He brought home the Heisman Trophy, absolutely balled out. So I headed on over to FanDuel.com, looking at the Heisman odds. Caleb Williams is number one, but you can't go for the number one. I don't, I'm not going for the back back here. But the odds that really intrigued me, I would be slamming on is Marvin Harrison Jr. Tied for the sixth best odds with JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum. And if you want a, a deep shot, you want a sleeper dark horse that you could throw $5 down and just hope that it absolutely slams, Hear me out. I'm taking Spencer Rattler. If he can bottle up what he found last year in the Tennessee game, in the bowl game, if he can bottle that up and put it on for a full season, having his number one receiver back, knowing they don't really have a ton of running back talent or depth in that room, so they're going to be slinging the rock. When he puts it together, the talent is absolutely there. So that's what I would be looking at when it comes to FanDuel.com. But you should head on over to FanDuel.com today slash LockedOn and take advantage of a no sweat first bet over at FanDuel. All right, Gophers thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now we're talking the men's hoops today and we're talking about Coach Johnson through the fire and the flames. What are some things that have been holding Coach Johnson back, but also some of the positives that we've seen with him so far in his first two years? Now, some of the things that are holding him back, in my opinion, is natural bucket getters. Now, you talk about his first season here. He brought Jameson Battle in, and he was a natural bucket getter. You've got Willis, who was absolutely shining and a natural bucket getter, but they, they kind of thrived off of each other's play style. They, they meshed really well together and could find open shots together, or you have them on the court at separate times, and they are able to create on their own. Now, you flash to last year, and you have Jameson Battleback, high expectations there, but you have another star talent in Dawson Garcia, and I feel like their games just didn't translate as well together. Now, the expectations were for them to translate better, but it just didn't happen. Now, that could have been the usage and what they were being asked to do. That also could have been just... The vibe wasn't right between them. So natural bucket getters. Now you've got Dustin Garcia coming in this year. But outside of that, who is the guy who can just go get you one when you need one? And even last year with Garcia and Jameson Battle, when we needed one, we weren't always able to get one. So that is one of the things that I think is holding back not only the program, but just somebody with the confidence to know I can go out and get one if this team needs two, three baskets. If this team needs to hop on my back, now I will do that. So that's kind of one of the things I think is holding them back, instinctiveness within the system. The system seems complex, and that can be a good thing, and that can be a bad thing. If everybody knows it and understands it, it can be great because defenses, opposing defenses are going to struggle with trying to take away what you're getting. But when you're talking about having a bunch of new players, a bunch of young players, only having one returning vet from your roster last year heading into last year's season, it's not going to be good because it's a learning transition 
People don't understand that I play multiple positions. I can play the two, the three, the four, and I need to understand the different roles for each one of those, depending on who is on the court. Now, if you're a freshman getting thrown into that and you're running through it on air in practices or on practice players and practices, and you get to a live game and live reps and it's just not clicking and you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time or making the wrong role or the wrong screen or not setting up a key element of the offense, it's not going to go well. So having returning players for Ben Johnson's system is huge, and we've got a, a bit more heading into this next year, but having them up to speed and the instinctiveness is going to be everything for finding success with this Gophers team. Now, you got to also understand that the things kind of holding them back is that they are not scrappy and have grit every second. When the team gets cold, they tend to hang their heads. The effort seems to slide on defense and the belief starts to droop. And you just can't have that. You have to find a way. You have to have an energizer, a guy to fire them back up. Now, I think last year, Isaiah Enan and Parker Fox would have been the guys to pick it back up, even if they're not scoring 10 points a game, 12 points a game. They are the guys to hype it up, fire it up, get the team going, make one big play, one big jam, one big block, one big steal. Those are That is what those two bring to this team that was absolutely needed last year to light the spark, to reignite, to get these guys going. So that was missing. That's kind of been holding back the Gophers so far, and hopefully they will have it heading into the next season. Now, the final two things that I think have been holding Ben Johnson and the Gophers back is NIL is not quite where it needs to be. Now, the Gophers are making those changes, making those adjustments, have officially brought in Dinkytown athletes as their paired organization that works for that that is in tandem and actually recognized as the collective of the Minnesota Gophers. So if you want to be a part of it, definitely head on over to Dinkytown Athletes and help the Gophers keep trending upward in that department. But finally, if the winning doesn't happen, the talent won't come either. Now, the Gophers have had flashes, but they have to secure some of these late ones, some of these unexpected ones. They've got to bring some more wins in. So that is a huge thing heading into the next season. Now, positive signs for Ben Johnson include from the little access we were given in that OSU versus Minnesota game where he was mic'd up the entire game, you could see that he understands the game. He's asking for the right corrections, the right adjustments, but the guys were out of position. The guys weren't fully understanding. And it was a lot of younger guys still trying to get up to speed and understanding. And there were guys injured. There were guys playing out of position. So there were a lot of adjustments and you could hear it. You could see it. You could be like, oh, this is what the vision is. This is what we want to do. But it wasn't able to come to. Now the Gophers were still able to thrive and get a dub in that one, but it was very prevalent that the corrections, the adjustments, the analysis is right. The X's and O's seemed right in that game, but the team response wasn't all the way there. So there's positives in that, and hopefully it'll come to with more returners happening this season. Now, also, the system itself, like I said, may have been too much for the young guys to comprehend immediately. So now that they're back for year two, that should be helpful. But number two, his guys love him. I haven't heard any hesitancy from any of the guys he's returning. You hear nothing but love for the message, for the grind, for the chemistry building, the excitement and loving to play with these guys. You hear all that, and that is absolutely a positive, but we've got to now let it start to translate. But Coach Ben Johnson is definitely a player's coach. Now, the final thing that was a positive in this thing was the, the 
moments, the flashes, the late spark at the end of the season, a Rutgers win, a Wisconsin game down to the wire, a Nebraska tourney win, stayed in the game close in the fight against uh, Illinois at times, in Michigan at times, and IU at times. Now, you weren't able to pull those ones out or things collapsed in the back half of the second, but those moments that you can hang with these Big Ten teams is everything. Now, with all of that, you expect them to have a better season in 23-24, regardless of the development. This team has to win more games, more conference games. They have to get closer to 500 with at least 13-ish wins next season. Otherwise, questions are going to be asked. You still have an all Big Ten level player in Dawson Garcia. The transfer should translate, and we've had some good transfer success over these past couple of years. The development from the young guys should take a step up. Now, if that isn't the case, and Minnesota finishes in the cellar for the third straight year, no matter how good the potential might be, this opportunity may be cut short. Regardless of the players not running the system, regardless of effort, in the high majors, it isn't about fair. It is about winning. So this year is going to be massive for Coach Ben Johnson. This next season is going to be big time, and I truly hope he finds success. Now, I want to wrap this show up talking a little bit of Jamison Battle, and that's how we're going to close it coming up next. All right, folks, JMO to Ohio. Uh, we haven't touched on this one moving forward, but losing JMO was kind of always expected for the Gophers, but it wasn't like how it happened. Most people were anticipating he would take a shot at the pros, not necessarily the NBA of sorts right away, but more of a G League or an overseas approach. Uh, but it was anticipated that he would leave the Gophers after this last season. Now, before any haters jump in there in the comments or anything like that saying he's got no shot or all this, oh, he's not good enough to play in the pros, look, if he plays in a specific role, he can absolutely make noise in the G League and try to claw his way to the association. His play style, in my opinion, translates better to the pros than it does the college game. Now, that being said, he came back to college, and one can see why. I mean, if the NIL is right and you can make as much money as you could in a G League contract or overseas, you build your brand, you possibly get paid similar, or and you still maybe you get paid more, but and you still have an opportunity to boost your pro stock on a national stage. That's a win for Jameson. I don't blame him for that one. Now, it cut a little bit deep knowing that he is staying within the conference and he's a hometown kid from Minnesota. But in the end, it could end up a win-win for the Gophers. Now, how is that possible? How could this possibly be a win for the Gophers? Well, after watching last season, it became apparent that the play style of Jameson Battle and Dawson Garcia just weren't a fit. Now, no matter what we tried, no matter how the fans, how the media tried to dream it up of this perfect pairing. It just wasn't happening. No matter what Coach Johnson would have maybe loved to ideally make that match happen, it just didn't. But you talk about Jamison Battle and Jaden Henley, the true freshman from last year. Last season, they had a tendency to dribble more than necessary, dribble too much, keep the ball in their hands, maybe isolating, trying to create on their own rather than keeping the ball moving. And that just didn't seem to be the style of basketball that Minnesota was trying to play. 
Our best spurts on offense came from high ball movement and moving the ball from inside to outside, getting post touches from Payne and Garcia and letting them find the open guy on the threes for quick shots. That is where the best, most effective offense came from for Minnesota. The pick and roll game, especially later in the year, was huge for Minnesota. That was not in tandem with what we saw from Jameson Battle and even Jaden Henley from sorts. Now, again, you talk about Jaden Henley, you talk about Jameson Battle. Both of them were more ISO creation, pull-ups, quick threes. Those did not translate well for us. Now, I still believe the usage could have been better. I think we could have had offense uh, uh, we could have had spurts in the game where you have Jameson battle on the field, maybe with Jaden Henley and a couple others to allow them to create ISO and clean up on the glass or allow them to kind of one off in isolation and play off of each other. And then you have a different set in the game where you have Talon Cooper, Dawson Garcia really working the pick and roll game and having shooters spaced out for them. So if people crash, they can kick it out to shooters and allow them to find it and then have a closing lineup with Jameson battle with Dawson Garcia and finding a way for them to thrive on the court together. That would have been ideal, but that is not what the Gophers did. And so I think if you don't do elements like that and allow them to not be on the court at the same time at all times and allow them to thrive in their natural elements, then it's just not going to work. And we saw that. Now, overall, all in all, we are moving on with the current roster. And you've got Hawkins, you've got Mitchell, you've got Garcia, you've got Payne, you've got Carrington, you've got JLJ. All of them seem to be a better fit with the style of play Minnesota was trying to play last year. Moving the ball quickly, not as much ISO, but getting getting swinging from side to side, getting more post touches inside and working it back out. Then a drive off of the post cut, or you got a post player coming on the left block and you got someone driving on the right side that they can drop it off to at the last second if they get double teamed. Things like that. That is what this roster looks like it's constructed to do. More pick and roll game with Hawkins and Garcia. More pick and roll game with Mitchell and Payne. A lot of that should play in the Gophers' favor. Now, I think Christy and I think Betts fit will be the most interesting as both of them could be used more in the style that we saw of Jameson Battle. But both might be more open to coming off hard screens or spotting up and finding their shot naturally within the flow of the offense as opposed to creating it themselves because that's what they had to do the year prior, a la Jameson Battle. I think having them fresh from the start, from scratch, to fit into the system and understand the role that is being asked for them in their shot creation ability is going to be the big difference between why they could fit into the offense and maybe why Jameson Battle didn't this past season. Now, that being said, there will be times where this team absolutely needs to find shot creation outside of the system. And that is probably the huge question mark for the Gophers moving into this next season is who do you go to? Who can go and get Minnesota a basket when they need it? We still have that question mark in 23-24. Now, maybe Betts and Christie can address that. And maybe the transfers can address that. Maybe it's things that we haven't seen from them, but they weren't asked to do at the low major level. Maybe it's Dawson all day, but that didn't happen all the time last season, and he came through injuries and things like that. But time will tell. And if the trajectory isn't ticking upwards next season, massive changes will be coming. 
That's going to do it for us today at Locked on Golden Gophers. I hope you appreciated the show. Let me know what you're thinking with the Gophers men's hoops down in the comments below. Be sure to subscribe while you're over on YouTube and hit like so others can find this video. We will be back at it again next week. I can't wait to talk Gophers with you as we do each and every day. This is Kane Rob signing off. Row the boat, Sky Yumanko Gophers, as always, but don't forget to subscribe.